Thank you for joining us for Talking Sleep, a podcast of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Seema Kosla, Medical Director of the North Dakota Center for Sleep in Fargo. Just in time for the biannual time change, we're talking with Dr. Adil Rishi, Vice Chair of the AASM Public Safety Committee and lead author of the Academy's recent position statement calling for the elimination of daylight saving time. There are many strong opinions about the pros and cons of the time change, daylight time and standard time. So let's talk to Dr. Rishi about the facts behind the AASM statement. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Rishi. Oh, thank you for having me, Seema. So tell me, what is the AASM position on daylight saving? Uh, So AASM has taken the position that we should abolish the switches between standard time and daylight savings time, and that year-round standard time should be established across the country. And this position was taken in the recent statement that you just mentioned. So we have always heard that daylight saving time was for farmers. Is this true? Uh, you know, I think this is one of those legends that uh, is not true. Um, so the history of daylight savings time is very interesting. Uh, it was first proposed by a New Zealand uh, uh, entomologist uh, uh, who was actually a um, a mail worker, uh, but in his free time, like to collect insects. His name was uh, George Hudson. Uh, and at the turn of the century, he proposed uh, what's considered modern uh, theory of a daylight savings time. Um, it was first established um, by the Germans during the First uh, World War um, and was taken up by the United States in uh, 1918 along with the Allies. Um, um, it was subsequently um, given up in 1919 and then various iterations of the daylight savings time have come and gone uh, over the years. What we uh, practice today um, was uh, established in the Uniform Time Act of 1966, uh, primarily lobbied for by the uh, energy and um, um, retail industry. Huh. So this has been around for a really long time. Uh, But the position statement is coming out now. So where does this whole idea to create a position statement originate from? Uh, Yeah. So, you know, although the position statement just came out uh, recently, um, uh, uh, American Academy of uh, Sleep Medicine has issued advisories over the last several years, um, uh, you know, um, indicating that the switches between daylight savings time and standard time can be harmful and uh, countermeasures should be taken uh, by the general population to mitigate some of those um, um, issues. Um, it, over the last several years though, there has been accumulating evidence um, demonstrating that uh, there is uh, a lot of harmful effects of uh, the daylight savings time uh, switch and possibly even on chronic effects of uh, daylight savings time. Um, And we thought that the time was right um, uh, to make a statement at this point. That's probably a a really good idea. I I think I remember you telling me about a piece that I think Dr. Nate Watson had written in JCSM. Yeah. So uh, Dr. Watson, uh, one of the past presidents of ASM, uh, wrote an editorial in JCSM last year 
Uh, it was around the same time when the European Union was considering abolishing uh, daylight savings times, which is um, in Europe and several uh, circadian and sleep organizations in Europe had come out with a statement uh, recommending uh, abolishment of daylight saving time in favor of year-round standard time. Um, at the same time, um, in the United States, several states had taken up uh, legislation um, um, for either abolishment of daylight savings time in favor of um, or um, um, against uh, permanent daylight savings time. Uh, and so I think in that backdrop is, uh, you know, when we decided that maybe this is an issue that we want to look at, you know, um, at the Public Safety Committee, uh, since our mandate uh, by the uh, ASM is uh, public safety and sleep. So I understand uh, from what you were sharing with me that the idea to abolish the switch was easy. But tell me about the debate about settling on daylight saving time versus standard time. Yeah, so you're exactly right. Um, you know, uh, most interests uh, agree that the switches are not good. So I think most of the debate right now uh, lies on whether you go on permanent daylight savings time or permanent standard time. Um, the committee looked at over 200 papers that were pulled by the staff of ASM for the committee work. And we reviewed uh, literature for several months. Um, and although we state in the position statement that the evidence for uh, abolishment of switches is certainly stronger than the second part of the statement, which states that permanent standard time should be established. Um, there is sufficient uh, data, I feel, uh, to say that we support standard time uh, over daylight savings time. Uh, and that comes from evidence uh, that permanent daylight savings time uh, can cause you know, what's considered um, social jet lag, uh, which is a condition where your internal clock is not synchronized with the external um, uh, photo period or sun clock. Um, and that has been associated with uh, increased risk of depression, uh, metabolic syndrome, and cardiovascular events. The other issue, which is important to the hearts of sleep physicians, um, uh, in, in general, and especially to our work at the Public Safety Committee, uh, is these, uh, the progress that we have made in regards to delaying school time for uh, middle school and high school uh, children. Uh, and certainly going to permanent uh, daylight savings time will, um, will get rid of all of that uh, progress. So that's um, a really great tie-in uh, to the school start time and really trying to optimize the sleep for our students and, and our adults. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, harmful effects of the switches um, between daylight savings time, especially the spring switch uh, and standard time, uh, is that you lose sleep, uh, about, about one hour of sleep. Uh, and that, that's what's been tied to you know, some of the harmful effects, including increased risk of accidents and myocardial infarction in that first week after the transition. 
So that's interesting about the debate between standard time and daylight saving. I'm wondering if there is data supporting the health risks about one versus the other. So yeah, in terms of um, chronic um, st- uh, daylight savings time, uh, there is one study published in New England Journal of Medicine in 2007, uh, which demonstrated that when you switch back in the fall from daylight savings time to standard time, there's actually a decrease in the uh, incidence or risk of acute myocardial infarction. And, and some have proposed that that decrease indicates that the risk is actually elevated throughout the time that we are on daylight savings time, which is certainly very concerning. That's interesting because I think we recently learned that the risk of cardiovascular events wasn't just on that Monday, but it persisted, I thought, through that week. So this is even longer than if it persists through that whole that whole time. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the, the notion that the body can adjust to permanent daylight savings time is now um, not uh, found to be true in many studies, um, certainly in terms of increased risk of depression and you know, now with the acute myocardial infarction data as well, uh, that, that, that is concerning. Is there any data that you can share about some of the work that Mayo has done on looking at medical errors? Yeah, so th- this was a, a very recent study, now uh, actually pu- published initially as an abstract uh, at the uh, current sleep meeting in 2020 by Dr. Morgan Thaler uh, and his colleagues. Uh, and what they demonstrated was that there was uh, an increased risk of medical errors um, uh, after the um, the uh, uh, spring transition, as well as after the fall transition, the risk was higher during the spring transition than uh, during the fall transition. There's also some evidence that uh, the Mayo site uh, of Arizona, which actually does not go uh, through the daylight saving time because Arizona has opted out of daylight saving time, does not see the same spike in medical errors at the time of the transition. That's really powerful. You know, for years, I've thought it just seemed like such a no-brainer from a medical standpoint to get rid of daylight saving. And I really appreciate that you could shed light on um, the impact on industry. For example, that was something I had never considered. And I'm sure that when the lawmakers need to make a decision, they need to weigh out public health as well as economics in their decision. Yeah, I think, you know, when ASM makes a statement about uh, daylight savings time or other things, um, you know, we're making a public health statement. Uh, There are obviously competing interests uh, which need to be taken into account. But certainly, I think from a public health standpoint, uh, we think that a permanent standard time uh, would be more favorable. No, you're absolutely right. We're going to take a short break here. You're listening to Talking Sleep from the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. 2020 has taught us a lot about the value of togetherness, and the AASM is here to support you throughout your sleep medicine career. From advocacy to education, we offer tools and resources you need to thrive, especially now in this challenging time. 
Join or renew your AASM membership before December 31st, and you'll have a chance to win some great prizes. Learn more at aasm.org membership. Welcome back to Talking Sleep. We're talking with Dr. Adil Rishi, who, like most of us, will be falling back Sunday morning and also really hoping it's the last time we change our clocks. So I didn't realize that we have already had some experience with this in 1973. Can you explain what happened and why that happened? Yeah, sure. So um, there have been at least three times uh, in the history of the United States when we've had permanent daylight savings time. Uh, first one was 1918, which didn't last very long because the First World War ended. Uh, the second time was... Uh, during the Second World War, uh, and at that time it was called wartime. Uh, and uh, most recently in 1973, when the OPEC countries put an oil embargo on United States and allies, given their support, uh, you know, in, in the for Israel uh, in the uh, Arab-Israel uh, War of 1973. Uh, so at that time, both United States as well as uh, the European allies. Uh, you know, um, went on permanent uh, daylight savings time um, with with the thinking that it may save energy. Um, uh, in 1973, when this uh, law was passed, um, the law was supposed to last uh, till 1975, uh, but it was not popular. Uh, at the time of establishment of the law, there was about 79% support by public uh, for going on permanent daylight savings time, but within several months, the support fell more than 50%. Uh, and even before uh, it, it, the law was supposed to run out in 1975, it was reversed in 1974. Um, subsequent um, uh, report by, uh, by Congress uh, demonstrated that there was minimal, if any, energy savings. And there was increased risk of accidents in school-age children uh, in the winter months between December and April. Oh, that's interesting. So it was initially very popular, and then it fell in popularity when more data came to light. Yeah, and it's not only when, you know, the data came to light. I mean, certainly, it, you know, it's concerning what the results were, but, but you know, the, the winter mornings become dark for significantly longer and people like you know school going kids have to travel when it's dark um and farmers you know um have to deal with longer darkness in the morning when they try to do most of their work and both of those were not popular situations by the general public so i think the most surprising thing that i learned from you um last week when we when we visited was the influence of industry in this decision. Tell me about Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's an interesting one. So, you know, whenever, uh, you know, something like this comes up, there are certainly uh, um, interests that are pulling legislation in different directions. Um, so the last time uh, that the legislation for, um, for daylight savings time was passed by Congress, it was in 2005. Uh, and at that time, the duration of daylight savings time was extended from uh, in six months to almost eight months out of the year. And so instead of going to daylight savings time in April and switching back in September, 
uh, now we go go on daylight savings time in March and switch back in early November. And uh, the um, reason for the switch uh, or people who lobbied for the switch included, included the candy industry. And the part That's of reason, amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but they thought, uh, they thought that uh, they wanted daylight savings time to fall uh, when it was Halloween. Uh, so the kids will have longer time to trick or treat uh, while, while it was still light outside. Because that, that's what daylight saving time does, is it makes evenings with sunlight longer. Um, and they thought that there would be greater sales. Um, and the, uh, you know, another interesting tidbit that I've come across is that in 1987, uh, you know, um, there was legislation around daylight savings time as well. And at that time, uh, you know, both Idaho um, uh, senators uh, voted in favor of uh, uh, daylight savings time, partly because there was some uh, data out there that there's more sales of potato chips. Um, no way. Yeah, but daylight <laughs> savings time. And, you know, and of course that comes from the Idaho, Idaho potatoes, you know. Um, and so, so there are all sorts of these interesting tidbits about how we are where we are today. That's really helpful to know. So what do you think our next steps are? Um, so, you know, right now, um, uh, what we have to probably do as sleep clinicians and providers uh, is uh, to make sure that our patients um, follow the advisory that has been issued by uh, American Academy of Sleep Medicine over the last several years uh, so that they are aware that they should get enough sleep prior to the transition, especially during the spring, uh, and that when they are engaged in activities that require uh, concentration, uh, especially in the week after the spring transition, uh, that they are extra careful. When there is legislation for um, abolishment of daylight savings time, either in favor of standard time or daylight savings time, it would be important uh, to lobby uh, Congress in favor of permanent standard time um, uh, because uh, we know as, as uh, scientists and clinicians that that is most in sync with our own circadian rhythm. Mm. So how else can the sleep medicine community support this position? I think it, the position statement was sent out to various um, state sleep organizations, I think, to sign on and endorse it. Sure. So because the uh, switch to um, permanent standard time or permanent daylight saving time across the country will require a, an act of Congress. Um, uh, right now, what's happening is that several states uh, have introduced legislation either in favor of or against one or the other. Uh, several states have actually competing legislations filed at the same time. Uh, for example, um, um, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, all have competing uh, legislations uh, that are waiting hearings um, and would. Um, there are some states which do not have any legislations. Um, I think it would be important um, uh, to uh, lobby your, your, your own state uh, legislature um, to, to see if, um, uh, if they would support uh, a permanent standard time um, 
in the end, obviously, this will go to uh, the Congress uh, and Senate um, where, where this will be decided. So Arizona does that, right? They, they have opted out of daylight savings. So tell me about what the law actually says in terms of what the states are able to do under what is currently um, legislated. Yeah, so uh, the law as it's written, uh, that's the Uniform Time Act of 1966, allows states to opt out of daylight savings time. So states can be either on permanent um, standard time or they can go on daylight saving time uh, the, the eight months of the year that is currently legislated under the 2005 Act. Um, so Arizona, as well as Hawaii and the U.S. territories of Puerto Rico and other territories have all decided to opt out of daylight savings time. Um, and so they have permanent standard time uh, in those, uh, th- th- those states. So tell me about what New England is doing. I thought this was really fascinating. Yeah. So uh, because it will require an act of Congress um, and that requires, uh, you know, a lot of support to fall in line before that would happen. Um, uh, a block of uh, New England states um, have um, petitioned uh, through legislation, uh, the De- Department of Transportation, which controls not only uh, daylight savings time across the country, but also uh, your time zones. Um, to allow them to go to the um, um, uh, uh, the Midwest time. And that will allow them to bypass um, state, uh, so, sorry, uh, Congress uh, making that uh, change. Uh, once they go, uh, if they're allowed to go to um, uh, Midwest time, they will then ask for an exception uh, from daylight savings time and would um, you know, automatically on what would be like permanent daylight savings time. Isn't that funny? The way that they had to think about it and go through all of the laws to make sure that what they were doing was legal. I think that's kind of amazing. Is there anything else that you would like our colleagues to consider? Yeah, I I think uh, the most important thing is to be aware of uh, the... um, the harmful effects, especially of the transition in the spring, and um, especially the increased risk of accidents after the transition happens. Um, and um, especially in patients who are at risk, um, um, counseling them uh, appropriately in that regard. I certainly would say that, you know, before I started working on the daylight savings times uh, position statement, through my work um, um, on the committee, I was not very well educated about uh, all the literature out there uh, on this topic. And, and it's only through this work that I've done is uh, I've learned uh, that, you know, there, that this can be harmful and that sleep physicians and clinicians uh, should be aware of it. I think you're exactly right. I think, you know, every year that's a really painful Monday in clinic, isn't it? And I think last year, even I joked with our staff, I'm like, you know what, we should just take a day off (laughs) the Monday after everybody loses an hour of sleep, because then our patients, I think, would be a little bit less cranky (laughs) and maybe the day would be a little bit more fun. Yeah, I mean, I think we all feel it. Um, It's interesting you bring this up. So 
American Academy of Sleep Medicine uh, had a had has had surveys about this over the years, and I think the last one was earlier this year. And more than fifty uh, percent of the public, uh, with a survey sample of over two thousand, uh, said that they felt tired and fatigued um, uh, after after the transition in spring. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you stopping by to, to visit with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, and thank you for giving the committee a platform um, to express on our work uh, over the last one year about this important topic. Of course, we appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Talking Sleep, brought to you by the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. For more podcast episodes, please visit our website at aasm.org. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast service. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. For more feedback or suggestions, email us at podcast at aasm.org. I hope you'll join us again for more Talking Sleep. Until next time, this is Seema Kosla, encouraging you to sleep well so you can live well.